Hello guys, welcome back to the Opinionated Female. I hope everyone's had a great week. I honestly haven't been uploading that much because I'm very focused on my last semester of college. And so I really want to be doing the best that I can be doing to ace all my classes as I'm taking seven classes and I picked up one Harvard course. You know, sometimes in life, in order to really succeed, you have to stay laser focused and sometimes that does mean that you'll have to block out certain things in your life whether that be hanging out with friends um uploading your podcast dating you know sometimes you have to put away certain things in order to get to that place you need to get and there's nothing wrong with that for me personally i find a lot of people use that phrase meet your deadlines however i disagree with that i found the best way to succeed in college especially is to keep ahead of your deadlines you don't want to keep your deadline until the last day you don't want to do your assignment until the last day you want to be ahead of it in order to clear your brain and get ready for the next assignment to feel relaxed because let's be honest as college students a lot of us can get burnt out and finishing your assignments ahead of time can give you that space and clarity to do whatever else you need to be doing in your time. I want to talk about this fad that's gained popularity online and this fad is called a dopamine fast or dopamine detox as some would like to call it. I personally do not agree with that and I do agree that we are overstimulated by social media, you know, TikTok, Instagram. We constantly feel the need to be connected and that gives us this rush of dopamine. However, there are ways to combat that. And personally, some of the ways I combat it is to put not disturb on my phone. And by putting do not disturb on my phone, it allows me to focus on tasks that I need to be focusing on, whether that be schoolwork, work, exercising, or sometimes, you know, you feel burnt out by social media and getting notifications that are sometimes quite unnecessary. Another way that I tend to detox, as people say, from this dopamine is to read or either I meditate or take a walk outside, listen to music. Yes, oftentimes I'm on my phone when I listen to music. However, it's not, it's not like I'm scrolling on Instagram or TikTok, but rather I'm looking at my surroundings and paying attention to the scenery, to, you know, little things in life that we don't pay attention to when we f we're very busy or in a rush and especially in new york city it's quite chaotic and everyone's just in a constantly burnt out mood so i find that the solution is to just find moderation there's no such thing as a dopamine detox in my opinion and there's an article written by harvard that proves that it's a misunderstanding misconception because there's no way you can actually detox from dopamine 
I mean, we need dopamine in our system. There's no way you can actually detox from this dopamine that's essential to your body. So in this Harvard article, it says that you can't fast from a naturally occurring brain chemical. Dopamine is one of the body's neurotransmitters and is involved in our body system for reward, motivation, learning, and pleasure. While dopamine does rise in response to rewards or pleasurable activities, it doesn't actually decrease when you avoid overstimulating activities. So a dopamine fast doesn't actually lower your dopamine levels. I'm just not sure who came up with this de dopamine detox phrase. It must have been this influencer that has no idea how neurochemicals work in our brains because, you know, I constantly hear this phrase, dopamine detox, or I hear a friend go, oh, you need a dopamine detox, but there's no such thing. And logically, if you think about it, you can't actually detox from dopamine. The only way you can actually get into healthier habits is practicing mindfulness. Ways you can practice mindfulness are things, as I mentioned before, such as yoga, meditation, reading, exercising, but anything taken to an extreme does harm to our body. We need dopamine. We need, you know, a sense of community and social media often gives us that. I mean, yeah, sure, dopamine fasting can reduce stress levels and it is a form of mindfulness. However, it's nothing new and the science behind it is often misunderstood. It can actually create maladaptive behaviors because, you know, human interaction is very imperative to our day-to-day -day lives. Human interaction, unless it's somehow compulsive and destructive, is in the category of healthy activities that are supposed to supersede the unhealthy ones, such as, you know, surfing social media for hours each day. In essence, the dopamine fasters are actually depriving themselves of healthy things for no reason whatsoever based on faulty science and a misinterpretation of a catchy title. So my advice is stop listening to influencers Start listening to your body. Your body knows what it needs more than any influencer or any doctor or any spiritual person can tell you. Everyone needs a minimum of eight hours of six to eight hours of sleep a day. Make sure you're getting that sleep. Practice mindfulness in your own personal ways. I like to journal, read, um, meditate when I can. You know what you personally need to get in a better state. That's all it is. There's no right way to go about this recharging and reducing your stress. Just know that there's no such thing as a dopamine fast. Without dopamine, we wouldn't be functional human beings. On that note, this brings me back to the topic of self-awareness and how imperative it is to be self-aware in order to live a healthier lifestyle, whether that be navigating your health, whether that be navigating relationships, friendships, and taking care of your needs. 
Self-awareness is key to other factors in our life. When you start developing a better sense of self-awareness of what you like and what you don't like and what no longer serves you, then you're able to navigate healthier patterns and lifestyles in your life. You know, and especially in our mid-20s, having that self-awareness is key. In our mid-20s, we tend to fall out of friendships, we develop new patterns, we're getting into this flow state, we already have a better understanding of who we are. Without that self-awareness, you can't really manage your day-to-day life and therefore you become more stressful. So I think you need to start cultivating relationships that are worthy of your time. And for example, for me in my 20s, I no longer need acquaintances in my life. It no longer serves me a purposes, purpose to have meaningless relationships with people. I, the only relationships that I truly desire and have always desired are deep and meaningful relationships. Meaning that I don't want a friend that's just there to spend some time with me. I want a reciprocative friendship. I want a friend who listens. You know, it's important to understand what you want out of friendships. And there should be a non-negotiable when it comes to friendships. For me, some non-negotiables I look out for in friendships are they must be a good listener. I think that's important in any kind of relationship. They must have self-awareness, respect, um, etiquette. They're honest. I can do nothing with that person and feel content. You know, we have deep conversations. They're motivating. These are the type of friendships I look for right now in my mid-20s. I no longer need friends who are just there to drink and have fun. Like it, it does not serve me any purpose whatsoever. And I don't get to any target when I'm doing that. With It's just a lot of low energy people when you're just drinking mindlessly. And you just know for a fact that these people don't care about you. So that's why I think it's very important to develop deep, deep friendships. Because those friendships help you understand... I mean, friendships and relationships, sometimes they go hand in hand because through friendships, you're able to communicate and set your boundaries. And oftentimes we forget that even in friendships, especially as women, boundary setting is very important. Something I've noticed is that men, they don't really fixate so much on friendships like we do. And they allow this kind of flow between relationships I mean, friendships, and they allow this distance, but they're able to pick back up when they meet each other again. And there's no, like, judgment. There's no weird energy. So I kind of appreciate that about how men formulate their friendships. I guess we can learn something from them as women. Also, it's very important to keep in mind that the people you keep around you can either build you up or tear you down. So it's Knowing who you're surrounding yourself with and 
having that self-awareness of actually being like, oh, this person, I noticed this red flag in this friend. She always does the same thing. And she's always so negative. Do I really want to be with that person? Because she's bringing me down with her. It's not allowing me to get to where I need to be. This is where journaling comes comes in hand journaling helps so much because you put your thoughts down on paper and you know exactly what you're thinking and you can actually flip through these emotions so yeah develop a better self-awareness in every aspect of life i think self-awareness is something that you need to have a healthier life sometimes i think to myself i was having this conversation with this other friend the other day and i was like You know, self-awareness, I feel like, is sometimes a gift and a curse. Because, unfortunately, as a self-aware person, you have to deal with a lot of people who are not very self-aware. But in the end, I think it's very rewarding to be a self-aware person. I'd rather be an angel, not a demon. (laughs) I talk about this a lot in my podcasts, and this topic is about neo-feminism and how the rise of feminism is emasculating men the rise of feminism and hookup culture you know our culture has degraded men so far that they're punished for wanting to protect and defend love becomes this tricky game thanks to hookup culture and feminism men are being conditioned to believe that A vast majority of women prefer this soft core kind of boy when in fact that is not true at all especially if you want a woman with high standards and a well-respected woman no woman like that is going to want a effeminate man who will not be in touch with his masculinity but rather relent over their emotions and while it's important to have emotions and cry and there needs to be a balance you know a man should be stepping into his masculine energy and by that he should be made to feel like he has this biological purpose to protect and defend because that's biologically what men were born to do I mean, just look around us. Men are now allowed to compete as women in sports. It's common sense that men are struggling to find purpose in society because they're being edged out of it. I don't think it's fully possible to understand how demeaning and emasculating that must be for a man. So what happens when a man feels purposeless in society? They become miserable, angry. They become sufferers of depression. And a lot of them tend to commit suicide or have mental breakdowns, giving up on life. This is where the cycle of toxic relationships comes in because this develops when a man doesn't actually know what his purpose in life is and the society around him is shattering his worldview of what a man is actually supposed to act like today it's not even socially acceptable for men to get into fights and be the men that they are 
They're often looked down upon and fathers are demeaned. Boys are not even allowed to be boys. Little boys are being taught that hyperactivity or preferring physical activity to sitting in a classroom all day is wrong. And eventually that energy builds up. When it's not allowed to be put into something productive, it eventually boils over and can become destructive, self-destructive, because the male's entire purpose is being shunned right before his eyes. Why the effects are long-lasting and there are some things we can do as women, but it's never our job to fix a man. We can provide compassion and end the whole male bashing of this new neo-feminism thing that's surrounding social media. What we can do is we can raise our sons with a sense of purpose and balance. We can be fair in relationships and allow men to be who they are. Because when men are in tune with their masculinity, women can be in tune with their femininity. So both sexes must allow each other to be themselves fully. That means we're not being controlling, we're just allowing each other to flow freely. I just need to say that Gen Z needs to stop idolizing the soft boy look because it's emasculating men and making them very effeminate. And then these women, rather girls, start complaining about why are they acting this way? I mean, well, you've conditioned them to act like a woman. They're not going to be how you want them to act in a relationship. So I don't know, Gen Z, get it together because you're the next generation that's supposed to pull it together after us millennials. As usual, my podcasts consist of lots of topics because my mind is always all over the place. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for more. I can't promise when the next episode will be, but as we get into the summer, June, I'll be more free to do podcasts more consistently. I hope everyone has an amazing week and bye-bye.